Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Now, sadly, back in January of this year, we lost the wonderful author Colm Keane following yet another battle with cancer. I spoke on this programme so many, many times with Colm following publications of his many stunning books, especially the ones dealing with near-death experiences. Before he died, Colm completed one final book, which is very aptly entitled Journey's End. And joining me to discuss his final wonderful offering is his much-loved wife, Una O'Hagan. And it's just wonderful to have you in studio Una good morning to you and you're so welcome and I suppose the very obvious question is how are you doing I know it's a difficult question to answer I mean after 36 years together it's really like losing half of yourself almost um, you know you kind of think you hear something you say oh I'd love to tell Colm about that I must and then you realise he's not there uh, I mean a couple of weeks ago I was driving to Cork and uh, I saw the sign for Skibbereen and we had planned to go to Skibbereen we always did it a few times a year down to Baltimore and across to Shirkin um, we kept saying we'd do it we never got to do it that last time so it's those kind of things that get you that kind of blindside you Um but I know he's he's in a better place. Yeah, yeah. And as as I mentioned, it was another battle mm. uh, with cancer. Uh, d- did he know? Uh, d- did did you have long to process that it was a terminal diagnosis this time? Um, we were. Ta- I'll give you the timeline. We were talking to you in uh, by phone yeah. in kind of September, uh, October. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, for the last uh, for, for the last book, book yeah. the book of Saint, Saint Bridget. Bridget. Yeah. And Colm had discovered a lump on his shoulder. Now, as you say, he had had cancer ten years before throat cancer. He was given a twenty percent chance of survival. Um, so when this came along. Um, we we were worried, but typical column, he wanted to finish the book and then he'd get it checked out. So from October till about the end of November, um, it was scans, tests. They were trying to find out it was cancer. They spent a lot of time trying to find out what kind of cancer it was and they never really found out. But uh, we then discovered that it had spread, spread to his lungs and to his pelvis. So um, we're at the end of November, we were told there was there was no hope. Um, now, he was offered treatment. He was offered chemotherapy and radiotherapy and uh, Colm turned them down. He said, um, no, I, I, the first thing he said when he was offered chemotherapy was, I don't want to lose my hair and beard again. <laughs> you know, know, I, I, I know. don't want to be that sick person. Yeah. I, I, I want to live the best life I can 
for the time that I have, yeah. you know, and he did. Yeah, yeah. And he was, because when when we were sp- speaking about the, the book on St. Bridget, I had said to him and both of you, oh, what's next? And mm-hmm. and you said, oh, that's it, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> and he said, well, I, I'm writing. And, yeah. and, and, that, and that was this, this yes. was Journey's End. Yeah. So he, he continued, had he finished, had, did he continue that? He had it pretty, he had it finished and kind of ready to go. Um, he had been working on it for, it was about 10 years of research around that. He'd spent a year and a half writing it. And just before Christmas, he kind of looked at it again, tinkered with it a little bit, but finally got it sort of print ready. And he was ready to to go um, with the publication. But in fact, on the, the Friday, literally a week before he died, we were talking about whether to bring it out. And we thought he could. Uh, he he seemed to be okay, but then he deteriorated very quickly and went into the Waterford Hospice sort of Monday, Tuesday, and then died on the Friday. But this he want this was the most important book mm. to him, because this was the culmination of all his research into what happens when we die. And his he said he, the thing he kept repeating was death is not to be feared. It's uh, it's not an end, but the beginning of something entirely new. And he wanted people yeah, to know that. And, and you know, the, the the going home, we'll meet again, and and heading for the for the light. They were all the the previous uh, books, and it this is the it's the culmination of all that work. Yeah, yeah. Is, is in this one book. It, it? Absolutely. It, like those books that you mentioned, they're really um, based on the near-death experience. I'll just give a quick yeah. explanation if yeah. people don't know. It's when people die temporarily, they journey through a tunnel, they see a bright light, head towards that light, they meet relatives and friends who have passed and they come to a border or boundary and they're told to go back. It's not their time. But what Colin wanted to do in this was to find out what happens after the boundary. You know, when you do die, when when you do go over that river or bridge or whatever it is, what happens? And he did that by, I mean, he'd spoken to well over 100, lots more than 100 people who had had the near-death experience, read widely uh, on NDEs, as they're called, went back through history, through um, biblical writings. Like way back Islam, in history. Absolutely. Yeah. You Incredible. know, right back to Newgrange yeah. and, you know, um, the Greek philosophers like Plato. And, and the amazing thing is that this recognition of the light, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, but also the near-death experience, people have known of it for thousands of years. Um, so that's what this book was about and the title just speaks for itself Journey's End and it's all the different religions all no matter what religion you are yes they're no all matter, interlinked they uh, all back it up exactly uh, and I'm glad you picked up on that because Colm said the most important thing about heaven what sums it up most is the presence of the light yeah. and a lot of like in Ireland, we're kind of we know about Christianity and Catholicism probably more than anything else. So I was amazed to find out that uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, they all have light at their core. Mm. I mean, it's as fundamental to those religions as it is to Christianity. And yet you have people who have had the experience and um, have seen the light. And Colm had a great description of it. You know, it's where we want to go. It's where there is total love, 
total joy, a love like you, not like on earth. Uh, that but, we've but never experienced never before. Never experienced before. And but there's also complete understanding, a comprehension of everything. And this led Colm um, to, to make the point that it's, it's our consciousness that survives death. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, some people it's, would say that's the soul, but it's, 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 it's whatever phrase yeah, you use. Yeah. Language is actually very difficult in this subject. It's a bit clunky. Yeah. But yeah, your consciousness, your soul, whatever it is that makes you, you continues on. Yeah. And, and all of the people who he would have spoken to over the years who had the near death experience. They they were almost saddened that they were brought back. Into, well, do you know it's back into their life. It's li- funny and you even say though that. They weren't even behind because you know. I was yeah I was just reading before I came into you. I I had the book and I opened it up, and it's the story of a woman called Anne, and she had a near death experience. She said, "I'm not. I'm just reading a little yeah. bit. I'm not a religious person, but I remember phrases from the past like lifting your soul. That's the only way I could describe it." I didn't want to leave. I'd have loved to have stayed longer and I felt very sad coming back. But that's what happened. I was told to come back and I did. The feeling has never left me. I don't have a fear of death now. When someone close dies, I feel differently about it. I don't grieve for them. Even though I'm sad and cry, I feel they're gone home. Yeah. And, you know, when I was when I was reading this book and and I was reading it while I had uh, COVID last uh, last week when when I was off and I was very conscious that this was Colm's last book. And and part of me was sad and saying, oh, I'll I'll, I'll never read another one of his books uh, again. And that was the one thing I remember in during one of the interviews for one of the other books going Mm -hmm. home or I will meet again. I remember saying to him he had never had a near death experience, but I remember saying to him, do you fear death? And he's sitting almost in the same seat that you are now. And he looked at me and he didn't even bat an eyelid. He didn't even stop and think about it. And he said, no, I don't. But and then we ended up discussing it's who we leave behind. Yes. Is is. But but and, and, I, and I'm assuming right to the end, there was mm-hmm. no fear for no, Colm. No, yeah. absolutely not. On the Monday, he died on a Friday and the Monday we went into the palliative care consultant. And the first thing he said to her was, I'm dying, uh, which is a pretty brave thing to have to. You yeah, know, to come out and say, yeah. and he said, "I want to die a peaceful death in tranquil surroundings." That was the only thing that concerned him. He didn't fear the process of dying. He didn't fear death itself, but he wanted to be in the right kind of environment. And because he had had time, and this is something we all need to think about it about. He he was ready for it. He was prepared. Uh, he said, and it's clear in this book, you, you have to sum up your life. You have to look back and think, was I, what did I do that was good? What did I do that was bad? You have to be able to forgive yourself, forgive other people. Um, and that ties into the near, uh, near-death experience and the life review and all that. But he had had time to do that. He had thought about it. So, no, he didn't. He didn't want to go. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, it, he didn't want to leave you. No, I think, exactly. Was, 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 the, was the big one. Yeah. But he also had tons of ideas, you yeah. know, um, like he was 70. But he, age didn't matter to Colm. I mean, I was looking through his um, uh, filing cabinet and he had all these ideas. And I thought I looked at them and I thought, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. And he he, he just um he wanted to continue doing what what he loved doing, but 
it wasn't to be. Yeah, and he, he had such a curious mind, yeah. didn't he? <laughs> oh, he did, yeah. and was interested in people. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. He was, he was, he was terrific. He, he really was terrific. And 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 of course, you know, well, some people will be aware. You lost your your beautiful son, mm-hmm. uh, Sean, uh, a number of years ago. Um, and again, and, and I'm sure I discussed it with Colm at some stage. Colm's interest in near-death experience and afterlife wasn't in any way to do with Sean. No. Sean he had that interest before Sean he did. ever became sick. Very much so. Sean became sick in 2005 and died in 2007. But Colm actually became interested um, in the near-death experience in the early 90s. I think it was 1990. He saw an article in a newspaper about a man who had obviously had a near-death experience but didn't know what to call it. And this piqued Colm's curiosity and he started reading about it. Now, Colm had lost his father when he was aged 11, something I think that really affected him very deeply. So he was always... And he was just that kind of... Man, you know, he wanted to answers to the big questions. You know, what are we doing here? What happens when we die? What's the meaning of a good life? All that, those kind of things. But no, it wasn't associated mm. with Sean's death at all. And yet you, uh, he is and you're, they are together now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because this is the thing about uh, Colm's kind of definition of heaven. We, um, we survive, our consciousness survives in a reality made uh, by ourselves where we are surrounded by the things we we love, the things and the people that we love. Um, and our consciousness creates this. So we're, when, when we finally cross to the other side, we meet the people we want to meet. Yeah. And they're happy to meet us. Yeah. And, you know? and that's what we, in so many of the stories that's reflected. Yeah. And and I think there's great uh, strength or, or comfort from that, mm-hmm. knowing that you are going to meet yeah. um, uh, your loved ones. And when Col- Colm started producing these books, mm-hmm. did people then almost come out of the woodwork to say, I want to talk to you, I have a story to you tell. Know- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
that's a very interesting question because I was thinking back and Colm said he was going to do this book and I kind of looked because Colm always had you know left field he never went for the obvious and but but I trusted him that because he always had good ideas and uh, he kind of put out a call for people and uh, it was deluged absolutely deluged by people but people who were very nervous speaking to him because and they would usually start off by saying you'll probably think I'm mad but now I think the great tribute to Colin's work is that people don't say that nowadays no and he would promise them I'll only use your first name and they would be fine with that because he always insisted on using real names you know not not pseudonyms or anything like that but there was a real kind of oh god I I can't tell anybody people are going to think I'm mad but like even last night I was talking to um, an old friend uh, and a friend of Colm's very solid down to earth kind of guy loves his horses farmer all this you couldn't think of a less airy fairy person and he just said quietly to me, he said, you know, that happened to me. I went, oh, really? Well, and he said, yeah. He said, I was the happiest I had ever been. And I met, saw all my people. And that was all he said. Wow. But it's just, you can, the most unexpected people have experienced it. And the most unexpected people will tell you about it. Yeah. And I think that that's what, it, I think anyone who is facing a terminal diagnosis, I think this book, I think is, is really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's a book, you know, there's two, what do they say? There's two certainties in life, death and taxes. taxes yeah. we're, all, we're all going to face yeah. this one day. We need to be able to talk about yes. death. Yeah. And, and what's going to happen mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. Well, we, we're very good in Ireland and we're right to praise ourselves that we are more open about death than a lot of other Western societies. We're very good at the rituals after somebody has died or inquiring about people. But really, we need to think more about what happens what what we face because nobody's going to escape it before it mm. and this is where this column talked about the 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 life review where before um before you pass over you look at your whole life and it's a kind of a judgment like we have ideas of you know saint peter the pearly gates and a big book and whether you're let in it's not like that at all yeah. you have to uh, usually it's you judge yourself which I thought was brilliant. I'll give myself a pass. I'll go straight through. (laughs) But you judge yourself through the eyes of others and the impact that you have had on other people. Uh, And I think that that kind of made me stop and think, right, our actions have consequences. Mm -hmm. We might think we're doing something for the good of other people, but we're not actually. And Colm was very strong on doing that kind of work before you die. Mm. And all the books that you wrote together, particularly all the ones on the saints, mm. did you work very well together? As I mean, I, I used to love having both of you yeah. here in the studio. You you always used to know who take that one. I'll do yeah. take that. Will you take this? Yeah. And he was he's been only producing the interviews. He used to be nearly saying nearly yeah, he yeah, would be. Yeah, yeah, he was great. <laughs> he was great. It was it yeah, was yeah. all it was always great fun. Did you work well together? We did. No, I mean we'd been thirty six years together, so we kind of knew each other. We had um, we were both journalists, so you know how it is you know you need a beginning a middle and an end we talk about how to approach a story or we'd say that was good or not good or you know but uh, he was 
he was quite difficult to... Well, I wouldn't say quite difficult. He was tough to work. He had high standards. A perfectionist, I imagine. A total perfectionist. Yeah. And he also had a very clear idea about what he wanted to do. And so sometimes when I was trying to make my point, I'd say to him something like, oh, you're very hard to work with. And he'd say... That's not what Bert Bacharach said, because when he did his music programmes, he interviewed Bert Bacharach yeah. and um, he, Colm got him to, to sign a CD and he, Bert Bacharach wrote, great to work with you, Colm. <laughs> so he'd say, that's not what Bert Bacharach said. And I would go off and make myself a cup of tea and sulk for a while. Did, uh, did you, uh, am I right? Did you meet in the canteen in RTE? Is that did. How you, was I'm, that how you first met? Absolutely. Oh, I know. It's so mundane, isn't it? Uh, Colm... He worked in the radio centre. He was seconded over to Morning Ireland. And there was a tradition there of, um, you know, after after the, the programme, just going for breakfast. And mm. there would be a big gang of people. We'd all, it's so, so difficult following COVID that you can't do that I kind know. of thing. But it's kind of like at a table almost the size of this desk. Everybody would just chat. And I didn't say anything, which was quite unusual for me. But our eyes met across a greasy fry and (laughs) the rest was was history. Wow, wow. Yeah. And then and did did you actually work together? Never. Never. No, never. never, No, Colm loved radio. He always said the best pictures were on radio and because you go straight. I, I ended up I loved news. I loved television. And like you were talking about his role as a producer he never lost that I remember he produced the 1990 summer Pat Kenny show uh, Italia 90 and he had the idea of sending Nell McCafferty to Italy Was that his idea? That was his idea What a genius move But it's a genius because anybody else would say I'll send a sports reporter but it wasn't about sports And she was amazing And she was a wordsmith she described everything but it was about more than just sport it was about the soul of the nation yeah. and she won a Jacobs Award she did, for it. She did, she did. Okay, uh, Patricia, it's such a pleasure listening once again to the lovely lady Una O'Hagan, the Queen of RTE Newsroom. My <laughs> deepest sympathy to her on the passing of her wonderful husband. May his gentle soul rest in peace. Somebody says, real, real pleasure listening to Una today. Would she ever go back on the TV? <laughs> Would you? I'm too old. (laughs) (laughs) And then Kat says, I was so impressed with uh, Una and Colm's young son, Sean, who he wanted his parents to buy a dog after he passed. Could you ask Una, did she ever get a dog? Will you ask her about that? I I know you were sharing a neighbour's dog. Yes, exactly. Which was terrific. But believe it or not, I now have a horse, courtesy of Colm. Go on. <laughs> well, Colm, he was a real softy for animals. And there's an interesting thing, a chapter in this book about animals and whether you meet your pets in heaven. Yeah. And you do. <laughs> but, um, oh, it was a lovely horse. He fell in love with her, sort of rescued her. And we looked after her for about a year and a half. She's sort of living in a kind of tough conditions. Uh, and then just before Christmas, we bought her and she's absolutely beautiful. He called her princess yeah. and she is. Oh, wow. Isn't, so isn't we didn't that... get a dog. We got something bigger. No, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, what a beautiful, kind and softly spoken lady Una is. Such meaning in her interview. I wish her all the best in the future. That's from uh, Deirdre. What's the name of the books of somebody and where is it available? It's Journey's End, The Truth About Life After Death. Available in all good bookshops, oh, yes. yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Just listening to your conversation this morning with Una regarding the next step after and where we go. I watched Dr. Cassidy's programme on TV uh, this week in a similar conversation she was having with an author friend of hers and her thoughts about what happens on that next uh, journey. It's
it's a great discussion. We need to hear more about it in the, the media. We need to talk more about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the point, isn't it? Yes. We do need to talk more about death yeah. and dying. Yeah, I think we've got a very childish idea in a way. Uh, either we, we ignore it and that it's not going to happen to us. We're going to be the amazing exception. Or we have, we remember our catechism and think of, you know, a God with a beard and clouds and, you know, it makes life, instead of it being a depressing subject, it actually can bring a lot of, I wouldn't call it joy, but peace. Yeah. I mean, for those last six weeks that Colm and I had together, he talked a lot about the past. He looked back to his mom. You know, um, one of the last things we did, we walked on Yall Beach, which was his favourite place and kind of replicated where we had when we went to Yall, which was his, you know, hometown. Um, that was the first thing we did when we got together and went down to Yall. And it was nighttime, tide was out, moon was out and it was beautiful. So, you know, rather than because you don't know when it's going to happen. You know, and for somebody to be taken unexpectedly, unexpectedly, there's all those unspoken things that you would just say to yourself, I wish I had said this. I wish I had said that. It's funny. I was the one thing I was talking to John Paul in the office this morning when we were discussing your book. That was the one thing for I think for unexpected death. It's just dreadful. Whereas. Knowing yourself and Colm, mm. you, you talk because you were great to talk with each other, which mm. was fantastic. So you were able to prepare in in, in, in some ways. Yeah, and and yeah. I'm sure with his organisational skills, he was mm-hmm. probably trying to dot all the I's, was he, and cross all the D's? He was. Yeah. He did all that, even down to, um, I have an old banger of a diesel car and he had a nice new fancy automatic. And we even went out into the little car park in Dungarvan. He said, I'm going to show you how to use this. <laughs> so, I mean, they were... He just had thought of yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, and so it was really kind of him. And that's it's a very kind thing that you can do for other people. Be organised. Don't let the world, the entire world, land on somebody after you pass. They'll have enough to be doing, to be and dealing with to, the loss. And then with bereaved people, I mean, when have you found that mm-hmm. some people don't know what to say to you, how to talk about Colm. Should I mention Colm? Oh, my God, am I going to upset yeah, her? I mean, how do you feel about that? There are various differing reactions. I mean, I know uh, situations in the past and I'm not proud of them. There was one lovely man who I worked with in RTE, didn't meet him all that often, and his daughter died. And I never mentioned it to him because really? I couldn't. Yeah, I didn't know what to say. But having been on the receiving end of two deaths that have really impacted me I understand what people are going through you know and it's nice if people ask how you are or mention Colm or talk about a memory of him but it's okay if you can't do that that's that's fine yeah it is yeah and I know people and people are kind and they and and Mm -hmm. they don't want to upset people and and I can because I had a friend of mine who lost her beautiful uh, son in in a tragic accident and uh, she said you know being in the supermarket seeing a woman nearly falling in on top of the frozen peas to to get away to avoid absolutely and she said you know all they have to say is I don't know what to say that's even enough actually that's the best phrase I don't know what what to to say say. yeah that's it what's next for Uno (laughs) Have you plans? Well, I'm hoping to kind of take the summer off, but believe it or not, Colm and I had another book, which we did during lockdown. Okay. Um, Scandalous Story. Okay. Victorian, one of the most famous men in Victorian London, Irishman, uh, brought down by 
women drink, you know, squandering money, etc. So it's a complete departure. So I don't know whether to bring that out or not. And or where, just where were you at with it? Is we it had finished it. We had it finished it and then we did the, the, the Bridget book, you see. Yeah. And then um, then we decided you will bring out Bridget first. And actually we? on the Bridget book, and I was thinking of you when there was so much talk about St. Bridget's Day. Yeah. Was, was Colm thrilled that it's going to be marked for next year? Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're both going yeah. to take credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, you should. You should. Listen. But it was, I mean, Bridget, he, it, well, it, it wasn't a, a popular idea at the time, but Colm had this uncanny ability just to, go with the flow to know what was going on in the zeitgeist if mm. you want to, to put it that way Listen it's another fantastic uh, uh, book I mean and definitely his best his his, his mm. best um, it's with great sadness that he's not sitting here with, here with us today but listen uh, you're, you're, it's just delightful to have you in studio bring out that other book and we will love to have you back <laughs> in studio again the book is called Journey's End The Truth About Life After Death and it's written by Colm Keane number one best selling author Uno Hagen uh, pleasure as always thank you for that Thank you thank You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.